to episode 150 of the Various and Sundry podcast. I am your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the Vault Studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who spent over six hours of his day today in the car, John Scott Sloat. It's it's the job, Matt. It's the job. <laughs> it is the job. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So so what a day. It's or what a night now. Yeah, yeah. And listeners should know this is it's dark outside and yeah. not because you and I are up early recording. <laughs> no. It's because it's late at night. Yeah. Well, relatively speaking. Yeah, not, well, yes. I mean, for you practically, but uh, For me indeed. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so uh, we are recording on a Thursday evening. Classic. Yeah, yeah, for a next Tuesday episode. So by the time this drops, it'll be like five days after we've recorded. Who, who knows what will ha- happen For all in we next know, five the days. world may have come to an end and this episode may never air. But um, I'll schedule it tomorrow. It'll air. <laughs> <laughs> so um, – so yeah, it's 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 a combination of factors. The, the main thing being next week I will be out of town at the ETS conference. Where's that at this year? It's in Denver. Denver. What's the theme? Do you... Holiness. Okay. Who who's who's the honcho sort of leading us through that this year? It's a good question. I'm not sure. Because normally they have a guy that's sort of like. Well, it's, yeah, it's it's whoever they've elected as president. And is it a yearly appointment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, for some reason, I'm thinking it's Craig Keener, but I could be wrong on that. Okay. Surprise, it's not miracles of Craig Keener. <laughs> yes. Yes. So uh, what, what that means is, is then uh, the week that this episode drops, I will be in Denver. You'll be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't record alone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we, we have yet to venture into the solo uh, hosting. I don't. I don't know if I have it in me. To, Forty to forty-five minutes of just talking to talking by yourself. I would have to. I mean, that sounds like a like a like a long sermon, right? Yeah. I mean, I would have to manuscript yeah. basically. Yeah, and it would require you to do prep, which we all know. I don't you do prep. To do. I don't do prep. Yeah. yeah. So, well, if you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can find us on Twitter at VNSPod. You can email the show, variousandsundrypodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and on YouTube. And I I mean, we we just asked for more reviews and ratings two days ago. So I'm not sure that we've had any. I've we, not checked. We haven't gotten any. I didn't no. think so. Yeah. No, we yeah. have not. Okay. Shame. Yeah. So um, can, we, can we talk for a second about the fact this is 150 episodes? Yep. Here we are. <laughs> I, did, did you realistically think? Nope, I never ever thought. Get to 150 episodes. No, and especially to do 150 consecutive weeks. Yeah, I, I never thought that was a possibility. I mean, we're almost at the three-year mark. Yeah, this—that's wild. Yeah, this show is slightly older than COVID. This show is older than my wet my marriage. <laughs> it you know? is. Um, Side note: Let's hope your marriage lasts longer than this podcast. It, as, I, as, as much as I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating this podcast continuing on for some time at this yeah. point. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's we're in different departments at the school. <laughs> we got to see each other. Yeah, you know. Yeah, might as well be two birds. Yeah. So, a hundred and fifty episodes. 
150. I didn't prep you for this. So this is totally off the cuff. Off the cuff. Awesome. Um, how many of those episodes would you say are in your from your perspective good? Like like really good? Yeah, ones that ones that you're like, and I'm not saying you, I'm not asking you to remember specific ones, but yeah. just a ballpark a number out of 150. How many do you think that you'd look back and go, that was really good? I really like that. Ten to fifteen. So maybe 10 percent yeah. at the top end of that number, 10 yeah. percent. I, I think it's like golf. You know, <laughs> What's important in golf is going out and hitting consistent shots. They don't all have to be perfect. But every now and then, every couple of – every – at least one around, you get one really good one. Okay. And it feels really good. Yeah. And that's – I feel similarly. Like we're, we're 10 to, out of 150, 10 to 15 shows. Okay. I think are really, really good. Interesting. What do you, okay. what, how, how do you answer that question? I'd have gone about twice that. Really? Yeah, I think so. Wow. I think I'd have gone uh, like 20 to 30. That's because you put in more prep. <laughs> That's <true. laughs> There's no denying that. I mean, if you think about the author interview ones by themselves, right? So, I mean, we've had sure. Pennington. We had Dane Ortland, Barnabas. We had Barnabas Piper. Randy. And Randy Newman. So there's four that I feel really good about. Yep, yep. So that's not even yep. including anything. Really. Although in one of those episodes, and this is me being self-critical, my office phone went off. Do you remember this when we were interviewing Barnabas? And it just starts ringing violently and I had to stop it and I had to think, what do we do? There's How do we fix this? Yeah. And then you threw me to a question and I just totally blanked on what I was. So other than that like 30-second time period, yeah. I thought all, all four of those were great. Okay. All right. Yes. Okay. We need to get Randy Newman back and talk C.S. Lewis. Yeah, we, we, we need to do that. That'd be a lot sure. of fun. We we absolutely need to do that. Um, Maybe we make a C.S. Lewis biography the read this summer yeah, and we do that. That's a possibility. I, though I've got another idea as well. Okay. Um, now on the flip side of that, how many of those 150 episodes – now again, I'm not asking you to pick specific yeah. ones. But do you think if you look back at the totality of them, how many of them would you be like, oh my gosh, that was bad? Oh, I I think very few. Okay. Like I think we're a very consistent pod. Okay. Very few do I go that was just miserable. <laughs> I th- I think there are, there are days and we've talked about this yeah. before where coming into the studio is a grind. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And it's like we are not getting paid for this. <laughs> no. No. We it, this we is are costing paying. <laughs> us money. Yes. So so there are very few. I mean, less yeah. than five. Where I feel like that was that was not worth the listeners' that, time. I think that's probably right, and maybe I, not worth our time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and there are also the five test episodes that we did. Did we before do five? We, I we did five. Goodness. Well, we told we told some stories on there. We can't tell. Yeah, because they'd probably violate the number one rule of the podcast. That's right. Don't that's get right. fired. Really, the only rule of the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we—that was when I remember you and I had a debate about Kanye. Yeah, yeah. We had a big Kanye debate. Yeah, boy, how that's aged well. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness, yes. So, um, I, I just thought that'd be a fun little, you know, trip down memory lane. One hundred fifty yeah. episodes. One hundred fifty episodes. <laughs> How, who do you think has gotten the most shout-outs? Probably Nate in Ohio. Okay. 
Maybe Tim Keller. <laughs> um, <laughs> are we exempting my wife? Because I feel like my wife gets mentioned a decent bit. Yeah, if you take out the one thing I likes, because oftentimes your one thing I like is my wife and I went and did X, Y, yeah. Z. Yeah. If you take those out, it's probably Nate in Ohio. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So this is this is kind of funny. So my wife likes to claim to be the number one fan of the podcast, and she makes a strong case. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she listens to it. I mean, I think about when she's not teaching, the second it drops. Yes. So she she mentions that to our pastor. Oh yes, yes. And 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 he said, uh, I think I listened to it first. Like he he is a he's, he's dedicated. He's a dedicated the the pretty much the the t- the moment it drops, it's 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 going on. So yeah, I think my my in laws I think are up there. They're in the top. Top five, top ten. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I mean, but I think Nate in Ohio leads leads the leads the race, don't you? In mentions, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. As far as top fan, Nate Nate's up there. Nate's top five. Yeah, but but only in in a Nate way, right? I mean, Nate is not a. What like, do you mean by that? <laughs> what I mean is, Nate is a very even keel. He's not an excessively effusive person when it comes to. Uh, expressing praise or excitement. But I think even the text messages we do get, which we don't get every episode, no. but the ones we do, I mean, shows enthusiasm, even if they're a little critical. Yeah. And and let's be honest, it's almost always critical of you, not me. <laughs> yeah, usually. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're just going to be straight up here, it's, it's... I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> I think that's oh, right. Goodness. Yeah. Oh, the After Dark pod. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, unscripted, unplugged. Um, I, mean, I think I think that's our title, After Dark Pod. For the episode? Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> then that's just it. <laughs> um, Does your drinking habits change when you're on an After Dark pod? What's what's in the mug over there? Um, yeah, it's, it's water, not coffee. Okay. It, afternoon recordings are coffee. Okay. Th- this is water. I see you've got the water and, and tea, I think, right? You, you, no, no. Oh, so you, I you went over, to make tea. I was going to make tea. This might be the most vainglorious episode we've ever had. <laughs> uh, I was going to make tea and I saw a K-cup for apple cider. Oh, my. So I made a little apple cider in the in – the, How is the, the Kerrig K-cup apple cider? Like most K-cup things – Subpar but passable. <laughs> yes. I think that's a fair description. Yeah. I mean part of the reason that we're entertaining this sort of uh, trip down memory lane is the fact that y- we really can't do any sports update because – We really can't. Um, I mean everything is going to be completely out of date. We can't even do a midterm update. I mean the the, the election's still going on. Yeah, though – that's not really a rule of the podcast, but we tend to avoid political talk. Sure, even horse race stuff, like like, uh, yeah, okay. I, I mean, I, we're still waiting on Nevada and Arizona, right? Yeah, and Georgia, I suppose. Yeah, well, Georgia's going to go to a runoff, correct? Yes, because you have to have a candidate get to fifty percent, mm-hmm. and, and no one did. So then they take the top two, and then that's right. Do the runoff? Yeah. Yep, and that won't be for another three weeks. Yeah. Okay. But Arizona, just so bad at counting. There is – there really should be no reason why we can't get votes counted a little faster than this in mm-hmm. the states. But Anyway, sorry. Didn't mean to bring that up. <laughs> yes. 
Oh gosh. So NBA's going on. Yeah. Well, well, well yeah. Uh, are you paying attention? No. I watched your Knicks last night by the way a little oh, bit. Oh, I think they, they got, got stumped. Stomped. I turned yeah. it on and they were uh they were down like 30. Yeah. That's not a good representation of the way the season's gone though. So they've had some close games. I think they've lost now more than they've won, but they've had some close games and they've had some good performances from their players. But. Yeah. They beat Milwaukee in Milwaukee. Okay. That feels like a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So um, we have already spent a decent bit of time together today before stepping into the studio in another state. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to recap your last 24 hours I, maybe? Sure. Yeah. Maybe, so, th- maybe like 28 hours to yes. get the drive. Yeah. So I, uh, I was invited to speak at uh, Grace Polaris place I affectionately refer to as the mothership within the Karis Fellowship. Yeah, I, th- I think you and I are maybe the last people to do that. Maybe, yeah. Uh, so I spoke in their training program last night on a Wednesday night. So Zach in Ohio invited mm-hmm. me to come in, basically did an overview of um, asking the right questions, which is fun. It's fun content to go through. And it was a good group. There was probably... I saw pictures. Seemed like it's a good group. I'm I'm not very good at estimating numbers, but I, I want to say thousands. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I mean, between seventy five and a hundred. They even brought in some some of the youth group. To, That's great. Uh, yeah. So it was a lot of fun. They good. do good. They do good things over there at Grace Polaris. They do. They do. And then um, Polaris Grace, whatever Grace Polaris. Uh, Grace Polaris. So then we uh, hung out. I hung out with. Zach in Ohio and his family. His kids are adorable. Yep. Absolutely adorable. And then uh, this morning spoke at the Karis Fellowship Regional – or sorry, it's District. District Ministerium. Yeah, North but, Central Ohio. Yes. So uh, I think I think Zach said like 22 churches are part of that. Mm-hmm. And that then, sounds right. And then multiple staff from various churches and that sort of thing. So I think there's probably 40 there this morning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, forty-ish. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, so that was fun. And then uh, we went out to lunch at City Barbecue there. Yeah, that was good. That's good. Yeah. What did you have? I forget. I had a pulled pork sandwich. Okay. It was it was it was good. It was I definitely had, smoked. Yeah, I had the two meat sampler mm. brisket. Good, but not a John Sloat smoked brisket, of course. What would be? I mean, know? obviously. And the ribs. The ribs were pretty good. Yeah. Hmm. So. And I and I drove out this morning for just to the, hear me speak. Just to hear you speak. Yes, had nothing to do with connecting with the variety of yes, uh, Karis Fellowship people there. But yeah, um, yes, was it was and, and what did you speak on? I don't I don't think you mentioned. So this that. morning I spoke on uh, the modern identity crisis and the image of God. Yeah, and you did you did you did sort of a survey overview of like Carl Truman, Charles Taylor. All those guys and what they have to say about the modern formation of identity. Yep. Is that a fair yeah. summation? Yep. And then moved into uh, sort of image of a biblical theology of image of God, yep. uh, which was excellent and <laughs> almost felt disconnected until the very end when you yep. start talking about the image of God being the basis for our right. identity yep. um, and, and Christ being our basis a fixed, for it. A fixed point in yeah. the midst of uh, our identity crisis. So. Yes, uh, it was it was good, uh, and it, what what was really cool, and I said this was seeing so many of our recent graduates. Oh yeah, serving in that in that district, uh, there were at least one, two, what six probably yeah. six or seven. Yeah, and there was another one who 
another two actually that could have been there but weren't able to attend that were that are part of that district. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's just that's one of the coolest things. The yeah, there was a current deploy student there. There was a yep. deploy graduate there. Yeah, I mean, it was it was very. It was a, it was a very lively room. Like that yeah. was a that was a good group today. It was it was. All I right. of course ended up at the table with uh, people working on capital campaigns. Did you notice that? No. The two people next to me mentioned their prayer request. One was oh yeah raising money for a capital campaign. The other was we've are now breaking ground with our capital yes. campaign money. Yes. Yes. I do. I do remember <laughs> that now. Yes. How for how fortuitous. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. All right. We should move on. We are continuing our series today on the miracles of Jesus. This is uh, Landing the Plane here, part four, wrapping it up. Are we done today yeah. with this? Okay. Yeah. Which probably means we need to have a planning meeting. Are we? Do we have no more plans? I've got an idea for next week that, or for the next episode. Which, okay. So, which will be like a week and a half. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, I've got, I've got two ideas for the next two episodes. And so I, I, I've got a, we've got a little wiggle room, but not much. Okay. So we have to get to our uh, – break into our expense accounts for the podcast and yeah. uh, <laughs> get get some lunch uh, at El Arieros. El Arieros, yes. All right. So we're talking about Jesus' miracles today and uh, concluding with his exorcisms, his casting out of demons. And so um, – there's a bunch of places we could go for this, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, these happen all over the place in the New Testament, or all, all over the Gospels, where Jesus is casting out, yeah, um, these demons. Yep. So, um, let's just start with uh, what do you think the significance of these particular miracles are? In other words, is is there a particular angle that 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 the Gospel writers have in showing us this? Uh, when we talked about, you know, for example. Uh, you know, when Jesus heals people, he's giving an advanced preview of the restoration of all creation sure. and, and that sort of thing. Is there an angle that the gospel writers are are, are approaching this uh, these demonic exorcisms from that that we should be aware of? Other than just wow, that's really cool. He's powerful. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, maybe maybe I'll say the obvious, but uh, it shows that Jesus ultimately has authority uh, not just over the physical realm that we've mm-hmm. seen with food or with nature, uh, but has uh, authority over the spiritual as well. Yeah. Um, that I, I mean, I think of Mark chapter five, right, with this demon possessed man mm-hmm. with legions in him. Yeah. Uh, Coming at him, and they they say, "Please don't send us away. Send us into the pit." You know, you know, he, he clearly has rule and authority over these things. Yeah, um, and that the demons immediately recognize it. Yeah, that, that there's no there's no contest in the sense of like, who do you think you are to to assert? It's like, oh crud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, the other thing I the other thing I'd mention is, um, it seems that these individuals. Uh, were shunted to the corners of society a yeah. bit because what do you do with a demon-possessed person? <laughs> yeah. Um, there was no way – you know, humans don't have authority over these. I mean and they were just very difficult people to sort of deal with. And yeah. uh, Jesus is showing, I'm not just your everyday human being yeah. uh, but have authority over these things and therefore I'm, I'm, I am human but I'm not only human. Right. 
Yeah, and it's it. One of the things that's striking is, um, and if you read carefully in the New Testament, you can see this, uh, especially in in Acts. Um, there were Jewish exorcists, mm-hmm. you know, people who were going around trying to cast out demons, and uh, so. Actually, one of my favorite stories in the book of Acts is uh, in Acts 19. You familiar? You're familiar with this story. I think you know where I'm going with this. So it's the story of uh, – this is in Ephesus and um, Paul's doing miracles and there are these seven sons of Sceva. Great name. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so uh, this is picking up in Acts 19, and uh, let's see, where do I want Verse 13, uh, then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists under, undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those whom, who had evil spirits, saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. What a great statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know and Paul I recognize, (laughs) but who are you? Yeah. And then Luke notes, and the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. (laughs) Not a pretty picture. (laughs) No. No, but uh, besides being a humorous story, what it shows is is that there is a sense in which uh, it wasn't unprecedented to have someone trying to cast out demons. But what's noticeable is the authority Mm -hmm. that Jesus has. That and, he, he simply commands them and they go. And the success rate. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, like it seems from even just reading this story and uh, it seems like, yeah, these guys went from town to town with probably some measured success. Yeah. Is sure. that fair? Yeah, Like, probably, like every probably. now and then they'd, yeah. oh my goodness, we did this, whether it was real or not, yeah. you know, uh, they had some measured success, but never, no one batted a thousand. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So... So I think what part of what stands out is, is is again just Jesus' authority in being able to do this, uh, and that even you know in Mark one the first exorcism recorded in Mark's gospel, uh, Jesus casts out demons and they are immediately crying out uh, basically we know who you are you're the holy one of God, and Jesus is like zip it, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having you talking zip it. Uh. And um, so, yeah, I think it, it definitely is an expression of his uh, power over the supernatural realm. Um, here I'll make the little side note that we mentioned I think last week in terms of um, we like to to make these tidy little distinctions between like healing sure. and exorcisms and the gospels are just resistant to that kind of tidy classification there that oftentimes it's like, oh – this woman had a disabling spirit, a disabling spirit, <laughs> so that her physical condition was somehow linked to her being uh, possessed by uh, a demon. It's like, uh, yeah, those are just things that mess with our contemporary categories. For oh, sure. yeah. But uh, I, I think for me, 
what what I would want to point to as a starting point for thinking about this is uh, to me this is an expression of what you see uh, promised in Genesis three that on a, you ha- on a smaller scale yes okay that you have um, Jesus as the seed of the woman mm-hmm. crushing the head of the serpent and by extension his demonic forces he is exercising authority over them. Because you would see the ultimate fulfillment of that at, at the cross, I, I assume. Yes. Yeah? Yep. So would these be like little mini uh, conquerings of Jesus, you know, pointing mm-hmm. toward that redemptive work that is to come? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I mean, really, in one sense, the, the sort of paradigmatic uh, expression of this in the Gospels is the, are, are the temptation narratives mm-hmm. in, in Luke 4 and, and Matthew 4. Um, and, and Luke, in particular, frames it against the backdrop of um, – Genesis yeah. one, two, and three, because he, uh, he Luke does the baptism of Jesus, the announcement, "This is my beloved son," and then he throws the genealogy in there, mm-hmm. which goes backwards from Jesus all the way to Adam, and it ends with the son of Adam, the son of God, and then Satan's first words in his wilderness temptation are, "If you are the son of God." So clearly hitting on that 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 sonship theme. Um, and you know, by the end of that passage, you're supposed to, if you're reading this sort of in the biblical theological context, you're supposed to go, finally. <laughs> yeah. Finally. Here's the here's the obedient son. Here's the obedient son that Adam never was, that Israel never was, that nobody ever was. That's right. And so I think every then act of him casting out demons is an extension of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what's fascinating is is if you look in Luke 10, so in Luke 10, you've got um, Jesus has sent out the 70 or the 72, depending on the textual variant there. <laughs> and when they come back, what's fascinating is uh, what they say. So this is Luke 10, and we'll pick it up in uh, verse – 17, the 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents Serpents. and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. So because of their uh, union with Christ, the disciples now have authority over these demonic forces. And so I think um, all that has to be read against the backdrop of, of, of Genesis 3 in particular, that Jesus is the new Adam. And so there's a sense in which – so you mentioned his power over the supernatural realm. Mm -hmm. We tend to think of that I think primarily as, oh, well, because he's God. Mm -hmm. I would say a good case can be made that actually in light of the Genesis background, it's because he is a perfect man. Oh, interesting. He is – as Adam was given dominion Mm. over creation in Genesis 1. And so – if he had exercised the dominion he was supposed to, like oh, in Genesis 3, that 
when the serpent came in, that's an unclean thing. He should have immediately ejected the serpent from the garden. And would have had to be And would have over. had the complete authority to do Interesting. It. And so now Jesus comes along and is able to do that. So I'm not denying Jesus' deity by any means, obviously. Sure, but sure. I, but I think we are quick to say, oh, well, because he's God. So he has, he's, he's more powerful than Satan. Yeah. I want to argue in light of these parallels back to Genesis 1, 2, and 3 that this is actually an expression of his perfect humanity exercising dominion over creation, including the spiritual realm. And this helps us make sense of that weird verse in 1 Corinthians 6. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Where he's talking about um, dealing with uh, – or is it 5? I think it might be 5. Where it's dealing with um, lawsuits in the church. And he's saying, I can't believe there's nobody in the congregation who can do this. And he says this, this throwaway line. Don't you know that we will judge angels? Hmm. And it's like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah, it's well, the first part of 1 Corinthians 6. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's 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 almost like this this side note. Yeah, by the way, we're going to judge the angels. And you're like, what? Yeah. Well, well, it would make sense based on the argument you're making that, yeah. that uh, perfect humanity has This is what we as human realm. beings were designed to do. And because Jesus is the perfect man. He has the authority as the new Adam to exercise authority over Satan and his forces. Oh, interesting. I don't know if I've ever gone down that thought train before. Yeah. Now, that's not unique to me. I don't think it's an especially common take on on those things, but uh, it's not unique to me. Interesting. But yeah. I I'm going to have to do some more reading on that. Yes. So uh, – and then I think, again, that's why by extension the disciples then are able to do that. Yeah. And then ultimately, um, you see, you know, Paul says at the end of Romans 16, for example, um, and the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Mm-hmm. So we participate in Jesus' victory over the f- spiritual forces of darkness uh, as a result of that. So, yeah, I think that's that's a, maybe a little different angle than, than oh, perhaps yeah. people have, have thought about before. Certainly than I had thought before. Yeah. You know, another text I wanted to take us to in thinking about this um, is in Matthew 12. So that's the passage where Jesus is accused of um, blasphemy against uh, – or well, where he's – where they accuse him of driving out demons by, the, be, by the power of Beelzebub, by, right. by yep. the power of Satan himself. And in response, you know, Jesus talks about, you know, Basically, you can say bad things about me, but you can't say bad things about the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And when you look at Matthew 12, I think this is an important passage that helps us understand what's going on also with the um, uh, the, the exorcisms here. So he uses this analogy, right? This is Matthew 12. We'll pick up in um, verse – let's see. Where do I want to grab that here? Let's go 29. How can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his house. You think, oh, that's a nice little analogy, Jesus. Well, he's actually alluding to an Old Testament text. Hmm. It's Isaiah 49. Of course it's Isaiah. You of that course job. it is. 
Yes. The New Testament doesn't refer to any other Old Testament books. <laughs> Genesis and Isaiah, those are the only two. I mean, basically, you know, <laughs> with an occasional psalm thrown in there. I yeah. Suppose. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Isaiah 49 uh, and verse uh, 20. So uh, Isaiah 49, sorry, verse 24 is what I was looking for. Um, you want me to get it? Yeah, sure. How far do you want me to go? Yes. So let's um, go 24. Actually, we can just go 24. That'll be fine. Okay. Can the prey be taken from the mighty or the captives of a tyrant be rescued? So, yes. I, I think, again, it's, it's, I think, a little clearer in the original languages. But basically, I think what what Jesus is saying there is – I am the strong man. Hmm. I am the one who is the strong, stronger man, capable of overcoming the tyrant who has kept people in bondage, and I'm here to release those captives. Hmm. So I think that's another part of that backdrop of, of when, when Jesus himself is articulating why and how he's able to, um, to be able to cast out demons that he's, he's tapping into some of those realities. So, um, yeah, I don't think there's anything else I wanted to make sure we hit on here. I think I got all the passages I wanted to get. You mentioned the casting out of – That's one of my favorite demon exorcism passages. Mark 5, he he casts out the legion of demons and the demons are basically like, uh, can you send us into the pigs Mm -hmm. (laughs) instead of the abyss? And Jesus is like, Sure. And, of course, the pigs rush off the cliff, splash down into the Sea of Galilee and uh, basically puts a big dent in the local economy. I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) Which in part explains why uh, the people there – this is a Gentile area – are like, "Um, we'd like you to leave now. Yeah. They're freaked out by that. They're freaked out by the fact that this guy who they could not bind – like he was just so overcome by demonic power – that they tried to bind him with chains and stuff and he just snap him and he was wandering around being a menace, you know, just scaring the crud out of people. So, all right. Well, we haven't said everything we could say about miracles, but I feel like we've, we've touched on – We've said quite a bit. I think we've said a decent we've bit. done yeah. this for like a month now. Yeah, yeah. So I guess people will have to tune in next week to see what we will do next. Yeah, a week from this upcoming Tuesday. Yeah, so that'll be the twenty second. Okay. Okay. Getting close to uh, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. 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 Is that Thanksgiving week? It is. Yep. All right, you ready to move on? Uh, I think so. Time now for this day in sports history. You know, we did run into somebody today that said they're one of their favorite parts of the podcast is listening to me stumble through the names of <laughs> yes. uh, the today's sports history. So. Yes, and I, I admitted in that conversation that sometimes my selection criteria includes putting difficult names in mm-hmm. just to watch you struggle. Yeah, and that's fine. I, it's a good shtick. Yeah, I like it. It works. It um, works. All right, so uh, 1960, Elgin Baylor. Of uh, the Los Angeles Lakers scores 71 points versus the New York Knicks. Yeah. That will not be today's choice. (laughs) I didn't think so. Uh, 2004, Maria Sharapova. Okay. 
I knew that one. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. That was in the age of Sports <laughs> Center. I got that one. Yeah. Uh, becomes the first Russian to win uh, the tennis season-ending WTA Tour Championship. Beat American Serena Williams. It's been around forever. Yeah, she's she's ageless practically. Um, at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. Okay. How, uh, she was quite young, Maria, wasn't she? She won Wimbledon at like sixteen or seventeen, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. It's remarkable how like for tennis, like the the peak. Is really like for for women in particular. I think it's like sixteen through typically like maybe twenty three, twenty four. Mm-hmm. There's like that eight year window where they're at their maximum. And, the, and Serena Williams is just an exception. Yeah, it was like just, sixteen to like eternity, basically yeah, yeah. for Serena. Anyway, uh, two thousand seventeen, three UCLA basketball players suspended. After admitting shoplifting in China, only released at President Trump's request. Do you remember this story? I do remember this story. Yeah, they went over to play some sort of exhibition. Uh huh. How dumb do you gotta be? Like, first yeah. of all, dumb enough to shoplift. Okay, right? Yeah. Doing it in China, like next level dumb. Come yeah. on. Oh yeah. Come on. Be, yeah. Well, it's a different different sense of justice over there, you know. <laughs> well, exactly. Um, yeah, and a different uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, big brother sense to it, right? Yes. I get the impression that everywhere in China, there's just cameras, 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 yeah, watching uh, everything. I, I've never been to China, but I would, if I ever do go, I am going to assume that every moment of my time in that country is somehow being surveilled. Well, I think I think the visa process to get over there is pretty extensive. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. All right. uh, 2018, uh, LeBron James uh, passes Wilt Chamberlain for fifth on the NBA's career scoring list with 44 points uh, for the L.A. Lakers and a victory over the Portland Trailblazers in L.A. Yeah. At the Staples Center. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, he's – Barring injury, he's going to end up being the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. Yeah. Now, I almost said LBJ. <laughs> Do people call him that? Do people call LeBron LBJ? Or is that just something I did in my head just now? I think I've occasionally heard that. Okay. That's not common. Now, I'm old enough where I hear LBJ and I think Lyndon, Lyndon Baines B. Johnson, yeah, yeah. the uh, – I forget what number president, but after Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Texan. So, but I think it's funny anyway. So, um, who do you like? Well, we've clearly ruled out Elgin Baylor. We have, yes. A lot of Lakers on today's. Uh, well, two. Well, two Lakers, but another one took place at the Staples Center. So, the tennis match. Kind of yeah. three. Yep. I, I, I'm tempted to go with the uh, basketball shoplifting. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Have you followed at all, by the way, the, the whole Brittany Griner story, her being detained in Russia? Mm-hmm. I followed it a little bit. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's a ton of development. Like it sounds like <clears throat> it sounds like the government's trying to do some sort of prisoner swap. That's my understanding. Or something. Yeah. But that's wild. Yeah. And she was sentenced to like nine years for possession of – it was like – it was marijuana, wasn't it? Yeah. I think it was uh, or, just, just a bit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, something that, you know, here in the States would be looked at as maybe at best, at best, a slap on the wrist kind of thing. Misdemeanor for sure. Yeah. If um, anything. But, 
you know, I, it, it it's just surprising to me that athletes don't recognize enough. Like, yeah, the kind of stuff you get away with in the U.S. that doesn't work in regimes like China and Russia. So anyway, we'll we'll pick on those UCLA players for that. All right, one thing you liked. Okay, so I am making mine up on the spot. Um, I have been listening to a novel. I listened to a good bit of it on the drive today. Uh, it is – so it's kind of it's – a, it's a British author. She is being pitched as like a modern-day Agatha Christie. I've mentioned her before on the podcast, but I've been reading one of her books. Really, really interesting – uh, I haven't finished it yet, so I feel weird recommending it without finishing it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I'm blanking on the title, One at a Time or One by One uh, by Ruth – oh, my goodness. Uh, one by One by Ruth Ware uh, is the name of the book. Oh, I've read some Ruth Ware books. Yeah. Um, she's a great sort of whodunit novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one I'm reading right now takes place in like this ski lodge in Switzerland, I think near Geneva. Uh, sort of up in the mountains, the chateau sort of place. Mm-hmm. And they bring in this tech company for a retreat. And the tech company is trying to decide, do we sell? Do we not sell? You know, sort of the ins and outs of that. So there's like some dynamics going on. And there's only two employees that run this whole uh, uh, chateau thing. And an avalanche comes down and buries them inside uh, the chateau. And it's about them trying to get along and Somebody just died and all these things. So it's, it's – I think I've read this one. Have you? I think so. They lost one of their compadres skiing down down the mountain and yeah. they, they don't know where she is or what happened to her. Yeah. I, it, it, I think I've read this one. It's very good. Yeah. 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 Ruth Ware is actually a, a very good author. She's, she's very good like you said at the sort of the whodunit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, and she's got a ton of stuff on Scribd which, yes. uh, which helps. Yes. Absolutely. So I'm also going to go with the book and I mentioned uh, – so I forget how many episodes ago now. We did our fictional characters we'd enjoy hanging with and one of them I mentioned was uh, Ove from a book called – A Man Called Ove. And that made me think, I want to go back and read that again. So I just finished it again and it was in some ways even better the second hmm. time around. Loved it. Um, one of the reasons I love that book is just because it is a – uh, besides, it's good writing. Uh, Frederick Bachman or Bachman, I'm not sure how you pronounce his name, is uh, is just really good at at, at creating characters. And um, it one of the cool things about the book is it's not a Christian book, but it shows the power of community in uh, bringing a person out of despair. Hmm. And so I'll just leave it at that without – You know, they made, a movie. they made a movie of that book as well. Have you seen the movie? Well, I feel like there's been two. Really? Well, there was one that was made that was like I think made in Sweden. And so it's okay. s- subtitles and all that kind of stuff. And then I knew they were going to make an American adaptation of it. Hmm. So I've not seen either of them. To be honest, I'm a little hesitant because I love the book so much. Yeah. I know the movie's going to be a letdown. Yeah. It's just inevitable. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just the reality of moving from books to movies. You can only do so much with a movie. The yep. book has so much more texture. And, Partic- and I have not read this book, but I imagine it's a lot of inner dialogue. Yep. yep. That, 
that's really that's hard to, to bring capture it out. in a in a movie for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't think that was a train wreck. Do you? No, no, I don't think so. I don't think that'll go in like the bottom five list of nope. episodes. And and let's be honest, we were both worried about that because we we were recording at a strange time. We're both tired. There's a party of demon students going on out there. <laughs> Doctorate of ministry, not demon. Yes. I understand. Yes. Um, one has poked his head in the window here already. No sports that we could really talk about because we're recording so far in advance. Yeah. It had all the makings of a disaster. And I think we salvaged it. I think so. It helped it was 150. We, we got a good 10, 12 minutes out of that. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. So in any case, we have talked – our 150th episode. We've talked our time in Columbus. We've talked miracles, Jesus exorcisms. We have talked usually a basketball players being knuckleheads and shoplifting in China. We've talked about a Ruth Ware book, and we've talked about a Frederick Backman book. And so I think by definition, we have covered our various and sundry topics. And so... In fact, it's been about everything but sports today. <laughs> it has. I mean, this day it's sports. This day it's sports. But still, I mean, all they did was they shoplifted. It's not like they did something. Like, it wasn't real sports. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's drama surrounding sports. Yes. So, anyway. so, all that's left to say is, until next time, the Lord bless you all real good. Later. Later.